if you want to avoid all the sickness this winter, the snotty noses, the coughs, the colds, the sleepless nights, the fevers, the Panadol and the antibiotics, the ear infections, the grumpy, tired kids, the days off work and school and childcare, are all those memories of last winter coming back? I'm here to tell you that it doesn't have to be that way this winter. I have a free online masterclass, three simple ways to boost your kids' immunity to avoid a winter full of sickness. It's on demand, meaning you can register and watch it straight away or watch it at a time that is convenient for you. Head on over to naturalsuperkids.com forward slash immune and you will be able to sign up. In the masterclass, I am covering our natural, simple and effective approach to avoiding winter infections, how to boost your family's immunity with our proven three-step naturopathic strategy that is really easy for you to implement as a busy mum. We're going to talk about the immune depleters that you need to avoid so you're not wasting time and money building up your kids' immunity that is just being depleted by these common foods and environmental factors. I am sharing heaps of practical tips. I promise it will be an hour well spent. You can register again at naturalsuperkids.com forward slash immune. I can't wait to hear how you find it and to give you the tips to make this winter healthier. Welcome to the Natural Super Kids podcast, where you will discover practical strategies to inspire you to boost the health and nutrition of your kids. I'm Jessica Donovan, a qualified naturopath specializing in kids' health, and I want to make it as easy as possible for you to raise healthy and happy kids. Let's get into it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. Jessica Donovan here, and today we are continuing our conversation around environmental allergies um, and talking today about hay fever and pollens and grasses specifically. So last week, if you missed it, we started this series and we focused on dust mites. And the treatment, the naturopathic approach to treating allergy, whether it's dust mites, whether it's pollens and grasses, um, and we're going to be covering some other common environmental allergies on the podcast over the next couple of weeks as well, is essentially the same. What really differs is the part where we're focusing on reducing exposure to whatever the the offending allergen is, whether it's pollens and grasses, whether it's dust mites, or whether it's something else. So if you missed last week's episodes and you're interested to know more about dust mite allergy and how to reduce your child's or your own exposure, then make sure you go back and listen to that. So in today's episode, I want to start with a story because I um, am still intrigued by this um, that happened to me. So I have never, ever been a hay fever sufferer. I wasn't an allergic kid. Um, 
never even had any sort of hay fever symptoms until in my 20s, I went traveling, backpacking around the world. And um, my now husband and I were camping in California in this big grass patch. And all of a sudden, I knew what hay fever felt like. And it was awful because we were camping. I couldn't escape from it. And we were kind of in the middle of nowhere. There was no sort of access to medication. We didn't have a car, um, all of that sort of thing. So um, I experienced what I now know is an allergy to a particular grass in that area. Well, I'm pretty sure that's what it, what it was because I got really intense symptoms there and then. And I just remember laying in my tent with a sort of cold flannel across my head um, and just, you know, wishing that these symptoms would go away because I was so itchy. I was so congested. I was sneezing and there's no way I could escape this exposure to this particular grass that I was um you know, get having a reaction to. And the really interesting thing is ever since that, I have experienced mild hay fever symptoms in hay fever season. So every year now, and it sort of ebbs and flows in terms of the degree, but it's never been that intense again. Um, but sort of late spring, early summer, uh, end of November, sort of December time, I usually get some hay fever symptoms that I can now manage naturally with some herbs. Um, but it's just so interesting how we can suddenly develop um, hay fever symptoms and develop hay fever and develop um allergies to certain things. And whether it was that I'd never been exposed to this, whatever was setting off my hay fever symptoms before, um, or whether I was just exposed, you know, I was obviously in a new country um, that I'd never sort of been to before. So there could have been a new grass or pollen or something that I was reacting to, um, or whether it was the the load, the amount of the particular grass or pollen um, that I was exposed to. Um, and the reason that I, I I think that it's a grass is because of the time in my particular area where I live, South Australia, the grass pollens are more abundant towards the end of spring, early summer, and the pollens are more around, um, you know, earlier in the spring. So that's that's kind of how I'm determining that I think it was a grass. The other little hint that I have is I, um, I sourced this homeopathic remedy once from a little homeopathic shop that no longer exists, and it was a grass allergy. Um, homeopathic and I was experiencing some symptoms at the time and it worked so well. And it was a combination of grasses in there that got rid of my allergy. And for anyone who knows anything about homeopathics, the idea or the, the theory, the philosophy behind homeopathics is that like cures like. So if you take a homeopathic remedy that includes grasses um, and it works for you, that means that that is what you're sort of reacting to um, because uh, a particular substance in homeopathic form cures what the symptoms of that um, particular substance in its whole form create in a certain person. It is mind-blowing, homeopathics. Um, if you're a club member, we have some trainings and, and masterclasses and um, things in the club if you want to dive into that. Um, 
But yeah, so so that there were the kind of two hints that I had that I think I'm reacting to grasses here. Um, and I've never been able to kind of completely make these symptoms go away. So every spring now I have these symptoms and we are talking like 20 years later now. So it's just so interesting how suddenly we can develop an allergy for something. And so let's talk about hay fever um, because last week, as I said, we talked about dust mites and they're very similar in terms of the symptoms that pollens and grasses and dust mites will create um, or lead to in a person who is sensitive or allergic to them. Um, but there are some, you know, some key ways that we can figure out, is it pollens and grasses or is it more dust mites? So um, the, the, the symptoms of hay fever, grass, pollen allergy include things like sneezing, nasal congestion, itchy, watery eyes, itchy throat, runny nose, um, asthma can be exacerbated with um, hay fever and, and allergies to pollens and grasses. So a lot of asthmatics will find that particular time of the year, the spring, summer, um, their symptoms are worse because a lot of asthma is linked with these environmental allergies. Things like sinus headaches can also be a symptom. And eczema, this is often, um, again, a missing link uh, when, we're, when we're looking at, at kids with eczema and we've worked on their diet and we've figured out their food triggers if there are some we've you know optimized their gut microbiome which we're going to be talking about in today's episode um you know we've somewhat got on top of the eczema but there still seems to be triggers and often they will be environmental last week i talked about the link between dust mite allergy and eczema. Um, but pollens and grasses can also exacerbate eczema. So if you have a child that's eczema gets worse in spring and summer, um, then that is a that is a hint that they, you know, have some or they are reacting to pollens and grasses as well. So unlike with dust mite allergy, where symptoms are generally sort of year long, um, the symptoms of pollen and grass allergy and hay fever are much more common in spring and early summer. And symptoms often improve with rain. So it can rain and then suddenly your hay fever symptoms are gone. And that's, you know, obviously to do with the grass and pollen, um, you know, the amount of these things that are in the air that the, the rain sort of brings them down um, and makes them, you know, reduces that load um, that we are breathing in. Usually people with hay fever know they have hay fever. It's not like, oh, what could this be? Because it always comes up in the spring and the summer. And we are now, as I'm recording this, you know, a few days into spring. When this goes live, we'll be a week or more into spring. Um, and so hay fever symptoms are probably already around for certain people. And, you know, if we can start to work on um, some of the things that we're going to be talking about towards the end of this episode earlier um, than spring, when spring hits, that can be gold because a lot of hay fever sufferers forget, you know, hay, uh, spring comes around and it's like, oh no, I forgot the pain of spring for my child um, or for me. And so if we can start to work on it you know, towards the end of winter, um, then that is going to help our system get ready for that onslaught um, of exposure to pollens and grasses that happens within the environment in spring and summer. So 
as I talked about with dust mite allergy last week, one of the really key things that we want to be focusing on is reducing exposure to pollens and grasses. Now, this is not easy because, you know, they're in our atmosphere. We can't lock our kids up. And even in, indoors, we can be exposed to, to pollens and grasses. So let me just run through a few key points that can make a really big difference um, to help reduce that exposure to pollens and grasses for your hay fever sufferers in your family. So the first thing we can do is to close windows, doors, and entry points into the home, especially on windy days and hot, dry, windy days particularly. Now, I'm all for opening the house up, you know, letting the fresh air in. That does wonders for our you know, the toxic load in our home environment. Um, I'm always opening my kids' bedroom windows uh, because my, you know, 13-year-old daughter is at that age where I cannot completely control her um, (laughs) access to fragrances anymore. Oh, it's the bane of my existence at the moment. You know, teenage girls, they love these fragrancy things and I've worked so hard um, to eliminate all artificial fragrances from my home. But I walk into her room, I'm like, oh, Um, you know, you... I've kind of um, let that one ride within reason. So anyway, I'm always opening her her windows. But if your kids are hay fever sufferers, closing doors and windows on those hot, dry, windy days can really help. To reduce pollen in the home, you know, we can do things like showering after outdoor activities. So when we come home and we've been outside and the kids have been rolling around on the oval playing sport and they're hay fever sufferers, then, you know, a quick shower to reduce that pollen load in the house can do wonders. Um, We can damp brush pets before they enter the home if they're indoors. These things, I know it sounds like more things for us to do, but they can really make a difference to your kids' hay fever symptoms. Um, And, you know, again, I'm all for hanging clothes outside. We actually don't have an indoor um, clothes dryer. We always hang our clothes, um, you know, outside or over, um, you know, clothes racks indoors, but drying clothes inside can really help because when our, when we're hanging our washing outside, like we tend to do as soon as the spring weather hits and, you know, it's going, they're going to dry within a day, then they can pick up pollens and grasses within the environment. And then our kids are wearing those and their hay fever symptoms can be worse. So you don't have to use a a tumble dryer or a clothes dryer, but drying clothes inside, you know, if your kid's hay fever symptoms are quite bad, can make a difference. Um, Pollens and grasses tend to be at their highest in the environment early in the morning. So um, staying indoors and not going out to exercise in the early morning in spring or summer can make a difference to hay fever sufferers. The other thing we can do is wear glasses, sunglasses or regular glasses that wrap around our eyes. Um, So that sort of protects our eyes. I mean, you know, we think about the fact that we've got limited control over, you know, the the plants um, and the trees and things within our, our, our children's environment. And that is somewhat 
true. Um, but, you know, if you're thinking of redoing your garden or if you really want to get on top of hay fever symptoms, you can, you do have control over what you're doing in your garden. And so we can plant a low allergy garden. And the great thing about um, a low allergy garden uh, is that um, Australian Indigenous plants um, are, are low allergy. So we can look at you know, um, planting more Australian Indigenous plants in our garden so our kids are not exposed to as many um, of these allergenic sort of pollens and grasses. And if we want to sort of take that extra step, we can have an air filter, maybe even if if it's just in our child's bedroom um, or in the main living room, that is fitted with a HEPA, H-E-P-A, and carbon filter. That can be really helpful um, for allergy sufferers. It is a bit of a cost, so you're probably not going to take this step unless hay fever symptoms are quite severe. Um, but I did want to mention that popping the air conditioning on inside um, can help too, but it can make symptoms worse if the air conditioner is not well maintained and it might you know, be carrying pollens and grasses um, within the filters and that sort of thing. So making sure your air conditioning units are well maintained and the filters are cleaned regularly if you have a hay fever sufferer in your family. So these things are not going to completely um, negate or, or get rid of any sort of exposure to pollens and grasses. But, you know, if we add all of those things up, um, then they can really make a difference. So they're my tips on reducing exposure, which are, is really hard with pollens and grasses because we can't control, you know, what our neighbours plant in their gardens, for example. Um, you know, we can't control the plants and the exposure that our kids are getting at school or the care that they're going to. But what we've got to focus on, on the things that we can do, or I'm all for, you know, looking at the things that we can do and hopefully that has helped give you some ideas. Now, the other, you know, I'm moving on to what we can do for our hay fever sufferers. Now, whenever we're talking about allergies, whether it's um, pollen grass allergies like we're talking about today, whether it's food allergies, whether it's dust mite allergies, whether it's allergies to pets um, and other things we can have, have allergies to, the first thing we want to be thinking about is the gut. Um, and particularly the gut microbiome diversity. So we want lot we want to be promoting lots of different diverse strains of bacteria within our kids' gut microbiome. And if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you know that I talk about this in lots of aspects when it comes to our kids' immune systems, when it comes to our kids' mood and sleep and behavior, when it comes to things like eczema, microbiome diversity is so important on for so many reasons. So it's one thing that we can be focusing on for our overall, you know, our kids' overall well-being. And so um, I do want to say there are particular or specific strains of probiotic supplements that can um, work so well for hay fever sufferers. Um, it really does depend, though, on your child's overall kind of health picture. So it's not like, oh, this particular probiotic is really good for hay fever sufferers. It really depends on, you know, what they're reacting to and the bigger picture of their health. Do they have eczema as well? Do they have constipation? 
pollen or other digestive symptoms? Um, you know, what's their diet like? All of those things. But I just want to let you know that there are strains, particular specific strains of probiotics that can benefit the immune system um, by regulating it and, and making it less reactive to substances that it shouldn't be reacting to, like pollens and grasses. Um, so if you're interested in, in finding out more about these specific strains of probiotics, what I'd recommend is that you book in with one of our practitioners, um, even if it's just for an express consultation, so we can have a quick chat and determine which of these probiotics is going to be best for you. And in one of these express consultations, we can um, we can set you up with um, how to order these supplements um, as well, because many of them are practitioner only, so you can only get them through practitioners. So head on over to our website um, in book, the book a consultation area to find out more about that. But when it comes to microbiome diversity, um, you know, the big picture things that we can do are help our kids be exposed to lots of beneficial bacteria. Um, and one really key way to do that is to get them to spend more time outside, encourage them to spend more time outside. Now, I know this sounds like I'm kind of contradicting myself here um, because when we are in the height of hay fever, season and there are lots of pollens and grasses around, yes, to minimize those symptoms, we might, we might want to reduce our kids' like outdoor time because you know it's too painful for them or they get too many symptoms when they're outside. But as, as a general kind of bigger picture thing, um, spending more time outside really helps to benefit our kids' microbiome diversity um, and their allergy tolerance. So think about that. Um, and then including more gut-friendly foods or microbiome-friendly foods in the diet, fermented foods, prebiotic fibres, um, like that, that come in the forms of vegetables and oats and rye and um, cooked and cooled pasta and rice and potato. These are all really good sources of prebiotic fibers that feed the good bacteria within the gut microbiome. Um, so these things can all be really great um, for hay fever symptoms. They are more of a long-term approach. You're not going to get, you know, instant... Um, reduction in hay fever symptoms by feeding your, your your kids fermented foods or giving them oats for breakfast, of course. But, um, you know, we, we'll talk about some more of that symptomatic approach in a moment. But as always with naturopathic philosophy and naturopathic medicine, we're always looking at the underlying cause and those foundational things that can improve symptoms over time. So gut microbiome is very important. And I'll pop a link to our gut health ebook in the show notes to make sure that you've got all the information you need about improving your child's gut microbiome diversity. It's a free ebook, really easy to follow and read. So I'd recommend looking at that for more information on microbiome diversity. And the other thing that's really important when it comes to strengthening our kids' allergy tolerance is vitamin D. So vitamin D is essential for immune regulation. It improves allergy tolerance and 
and it also helps to improve microbiome diversity. So it's a win-win-win. Um, vitamin D is obviously the sunshine nutrient. So again, looking at the big picture, the year-round picture, we want to be um, getting our kids outside more for that vitamin D exposure. Some kids really benefit from vitamin D supplements, but again, I would recommend talking to a practitioner um, to see whether that is warranted for your child. And then when it comes to symptomatic relief and, you know, sharing my story earlier, um, I love these, um, you know, herbs to to offer that symptomatic relief. My favorite is Albizia, A-L-B-I-Z-Z-I-A. It really helps to um, reduce symptoms quite quickly, you know, similar to an antihistamine um, would, but it's also helping to improve that allergy tolerance um, and reduce histamine release as well. I talked last week in the Dust My Allergy um, podcast about how pharmaceutical antihistamines, they sort of mop up the histamine that's already been released from the cells. But when we're looking at more natural antihistamines, such as albizia, such as vitamin C, such as quercetin, which is another nutritional compound, many of these act by um, reducing that histamine release from mast cells, which are part of our immune system in the first place. So they're working that step in front of what a pharmaceutical antihistamine would. And so, yeah, things like vitamin C and quercetin and Albizia are brilliant for symptomatic relief um, as well as, you know, overall immune support as well. So I hope this has been really helpful. I would love to hear from you if you have any questions um, or if you've had any insights um, as I've been talking through these ways that you can reduce hay fever symptoms in your family, reach out to me over on Instagram at Natural Super Kids um, and let me know whether you have a question or an insight you'd like to share. I love to hear from our podcast listeners over there. And um, I will be back next week continuing this conversation about environmental allergies. We are going to be talking over the next couple of weeks about asthma and also about mold, which is, um, you know, something that really commonly affects our kids' immune systems and, you know, overall well-being as well. Thanks so much for listening and I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Head on over to our website, naturalsuperkids.com for the show notes for this episode, as well as a whole heap of inspiration to help you raise healthy and happy kids. I'll see you next week. Before you go, don't forget about my free online on-demand masterclass, Three Simple Ways to Naturally Boost Your Kid's Immunity to Avoid a Winter Full of Sickness. I'm sharing my practical tips on ways that you can strengthen your whole family's immune system to avoid the onslaught of winter infections so your family can stay healthy and well this winter. You can sign up at naturalsuperkids.com forward slash immune.